Greg, before Robin Stewart of Music in Canada comes on. Yes. Sorry, not Music in Canada. Women in Jeez. Music. Do you want to start that again? Take two. Before Robin Stewart of Women in Music Canada comes on, you and I have been talking about AI. Oh, dear God. Are we going here again? Well, specifically chat element OP or whatever it's called. Chat GPT, QRX, UV. And Spotify comes out and launches an AI. The Joe Rogan? <laughs> um, no, but seriously, Spotify, your, your, your paid account that you and the family share. Um, they've now put into. Did you notice I left in that you steal television from our last interview? But go I, ahead. I can't, did you? <laughs> now you have to do that again. <laughs> go ahead. Um, your thoughts on this new AI DJ that Spotify has 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 uh, released in beta, uh, and implications for real DJs. I don't think there will be, I can't see there being any real implications for DJs, like, like radio DJs. Radio DJs. First of all, first of all, streaming is already eaten into anybody who doesn't want to listen to a DJ. Interesting. Like a radio jockey, right? Yeah. Um, I can't see it eating into that because... You listen to your morning show for the personalities. So could 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 AI fake that personalities? Sure. It's funny you bring this up because I was actually going to send you. I was going to try to find the clip from this morning. Um, Carlin and Brent on NB88 did a bit about this, and they they. They said because they're in the 88 and they don't have and they named chorus and they named Rogers like they named everybody. They said because we don't have Rogers and chorus money, we actually had to go with the low budget AI. And unfortunately, all we could get was the shock jock. This is Brent talking about it. And Carl okay. was like, OK, well, what does what does the shock jock have to say? And the first one was, well, Putin had some good points. Oh, OK. No, no, no. <laughs> and then. They they then they went back to the the shock jock again, and anyway, a couple of other outrageous comments, and then they're like, okay, is there anything else a shock jock AI would like to say? That's going to be our new Indy eighty eight shock jock, and they go to the shock jock AI, and, and it goes, I'm not a racist, but okay, stop, stop, stop. So it's funny that they actually did a bit on what you're talking about here. So do I do I believe that AI DJs are going to replace real on-air personalities um if they are they're going to be eating into the people that have stopped listening to radio and are just streaming music because they don't want to hear voices and i can't that that, that con totally contradicts what i just said no the answer is no Flat oh, no i th i think there's... i also i also thought i also <clears throat> said to, to tajio a long time ago that instagram was a fad and i didn't want to have anything to do with it so I mean, what sure. do I know? What, what do, do you I know? know? <laughs> so uh, our friend, Alan Cross, I hope I can call him a friend. Uh, He's been on the show. I think we can call him a friend. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, is a friend of the show. 
Yeah, sure. Or the show considers him a friend. At least. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wrote a very interesting article on uh, on globalnews.ca, uh, which is owned by Chorus, which owns the radio stations he's on. Um, and he talks about this new AI, but he also talks about meeting Denise in 2011. And Denise was a virtual DJ at a community radio station in Texas. And um, yeah, and so Alan thinks there, there's, there's something there that as the technology has improved, obviously, since 2011, that there is something there. Um, and if you could pay a program a fraction of the cost of let's say using indie 88 as the example three morning djs or three morning hosts of a morning program would you as the program director or as the owner of the radio station look at something like that would you take a meeting with with the company that was offering this to you or the person that was pitching this to you as a way to Save on if costs. anybody's going to do it, I'd like to think that it's not going to be NPRs, the Indy 88s, those local, where local is so important to them, or, or not local from an NPR perspective, but hmm. uh, I, I don't, it, it reminds me of, it reminds me of, and I believe it was the episode. It was sort of the uh, um, the Christmas Carol episode from WKRP. Yeah, yeah. Where they were going through, you know, past, present, and future. And I believe future was, and I can't remember which character, it might have been Herb. And he was literally sitting in a room with a box, and the box was the DJ, and that's all there was for WKRP in the future. Oh, was my. this box running... Uh, the station and DJing, oh wow, and programming, and I, 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 and it was sort of to show the bleakness of potential future radio. So, you know, uh, as a, as a fan of terrestrial radio, um, streaming, just listening to streaming one hundred percent, which I listen to streaming. Don't get me wrong, I listen to playlists, um, but as I've said to you before on this show or in, in the pre-show and, and discussions. I mean, I still go to Apple Music to listen to Strombo every day or so because okay. I want to hear that voice. I want to hear the personality. I want to hear the stories. You want to hear the insights. Right? Yeah, the stories. Right? That's right. So, so, you know, I think for the people that really don't care, we're already there. For those that care about terrestrial radio, no, I'm not going to be interested in listening to a, a AI bot. Yeah. You want to listen to people that you've got some familiarity with and their stories and what happened on the weekend and, you know, stories like that. Isn't, isn't Matt Ferrer rebooting Max Headroom? I don't know. I think so. Okay. And so the world turns. And that might be the pre-show. 
Hi, the following podcast is brought to you by Radical Road Brewery, the best craft beer in the heart of Leslieville. Find them at 1177 Queen Street East. That's Radical Road Brewery. I'm Robin Stewart, Executive Director of Women in Music Canada. Welcome to the music. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I need to ask you this question right up front. Because Greg and I have just been talking about AI and music. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard about chat. What is it? Chat GPR, GTP? GPT. GPT. Spotify now has an AI uh, DJ. Um, you, do you have any thoughts, Robin, at all about any of these things? And its relationship to, to music? Well, you know what? Honestly, I don't have a lot of, uh, of sh- to, to share in the AI space, but I feel like um, I was part of a tech conference about six years ago, um, specific to music, and the AI conversation was starting then. And the big question was, who's going to own it, right? When music's ah. being created by AI, who owns what? <laughs> and, oh, interesting. And I'm not honestly sure that's been even sorted out yet. So it's... Uh, it's definitely, a, you know, it's been creeping in for a long time. And I think like several things, when they come new in the industry, we try and pretend they're going to go away. And then and then when they don't, you have to figure it all out. Um, so I, I have to say that I leave that, I leave the, the details to smarter minds than me on the AI front. But I'm, uh, I'm curious to see where it all comes down in terms of who owns what and what the... Uh, what the real sort of layout is, but, um, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's definitely not the industry that we started in 20 years ago. And, and this is the next, and the next change, right? That is so yeah. true. It's funny. It's funny. You say that about the IP. Cause I was reading an article today that was talking about, and, and cream and I've talked about, you know, utilizing AI to write intros. In fact, but right before you got on, we were saying, you know, we use a lot of what comes out in the PR from the PR companies. And mm-hmm. we use that on our website. Well, that does us nothing from an SEO perspective, right? Like people searching like last week was Sky Wallace. So if somebody searches Sky Wallace and then like, you know, like whatever, you know, we're not necessarily going to rank there. So we were talking about utilizing it for intros. And and the 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 article I read today very similarly said, be careful with IP. Who owns that IP? Like you can you can take that content, put it on your website, and all of a sudden somebody goes, the creator of the AI bot goes, that's mine, not yours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do yeah. we have a who lawyer, Greg? Music? How does it get licensed? How does it get out? And then who gets the who gets the royalties, right? <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yep. That is true. Um, you know, really want to dive into your new role. Um, I mean, it's fascinating in terms of supporting women in music. It is right in the name, but um you know what what the first question i have is what are you most excited about as you take on this new role honestly i'm most excited in diving into um what uh, what the needs are i mean i i on a broad scope know what the needs are i've been in the industry 21 years myself and i know what supports i would have liked through that time and and what i'm enjoying now um but i'm really excited to hear from artists and industry what uh, what's going to help them move that needle and and move forward in their career 
Um, and I'm excited to just celebrate all the incredible projects going on. Um, we're launching our Women in Music Canada Honours Program next week. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, just reading through all the submissions, there was incredible projects that I'd never heard of even um, across the country that are that are happening now that are really going to just um, change and, and add new pieces for women and gender diverse folks in the industry going forward. Can you tell us yeah. about this program? Absolutely. So... It's, uh, I come from running the Western Canadian Music Awards, and I never thought I'd start a new award program at this time and, and age, but, uh, but it was just, uh, it was, it was time and we needed to, I wanted a way where we could celebrate and elevate, um, women and gender diverse folks in the music doing really great things. And so I developed the Women in Music Canada Honors Program. Um, the idea being we will present a slate of 17 folks to honor and celebrate and uh, and talk about and, and give some hardware to next week on International Women's Day. Um, in areas of the industry, In uh, we have 10 honor roll recipients who are specifically up-and-comers in the industry and artistry who are doing really unique, great projects that we think need to we need to shed some light on. Um, and uh, as well as folks who've been been in the industry for 20 plus years and doing really great things to 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 spearhead um, what's coming next and and pave that way for for new folks coming in. Cool. Um, I have two puppies that just came into the house and they're going to go up mute right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you say you came from the Kinney, the, the Western Canadian Music Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what were you doing with with them? Like, what was what was your your role? I know you were the CEO, but you know, what was sort of what were you tasked with accomplishing there? Well, to hit it on really high level, the organization exists to um, support artists and industry who are working out of Western Canada to have sustainable and growing careers um, nationally and worldwide without having to move to central hubs of the industry without having to move to Toronto. If they're raising mm-hmm. families and wanting to have long lifelong careers in the West, um, we're there to help make that happen and to shed light on uh, uh, everything being done across the country. Um, so my focus really was on Manitoba West. Um, the Eastern, the East Coast Music Alliance does similar on the East. Um, and of course, there are industry associations in each province. I'm really excited, to be honest, to be working all the way across Canada with mm-hmm. uh, women and gender diverse folks now. But I had a lot of passion in the West, being a Westerner myself, um, to really show that there's incredible music scenes everywhere in this country. And you don't necessarily have to live in the central hub um, to have a, a sustainable career. I'm curious, you know, when you take a look, and I know you, you're you're relatively new. How, how old are you? How, how old are you? No, that, that wasn't my question, Rob. That's a very rude question. Yes. Go ahead. Naughty, like, are you going there? No, I'm not going there. How, you, you recently started with uh, WIMC. How, how long ago has it, or how long has it been? I've been in this role since August. I've been working with them okay. in a different position for just over a year, but I took okay. over the director role in yeah. August. Okay, okay. So you you I, I I'm guessing enough time has passed that that was the reason I was asking how long you've been with them enough time has passed that you've probably seen when you take a look across the country that there are I don't know if there's certain needs or uh, certain desires that, that women in different places in Canada have uh, you know Greg and I for example we talk a lot uh, living in Toronto 
how it's 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 too expensive here in the city and as a result artists are 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 moving out if they haven't you know they're thinking about moving out if they already haven't uh we're seeing um venues uh, especially the smaller ones uh have a problem with staying open mm-hmm. um and i'm curious when you take a look at the nation as a whole if the issues are all the same when it comes to women in music or are there differences in different parts of the country it's a good question i think a lot of them are the same I think a lot of them, especially given this last few years and how much we've turned to using technology to connect, um, are are things that can be managed on a regional scale or a national scale. I mean, the big things that I've been seeing are um, desires for mentorship, um, to meet new folks into your industry. Um, to, we've got chapters now um, in all regions acro- or all provinces across the country, and I'm working on the north as well. Um and so regionally, a lot of them meet and they know each other. They've seen each other recently, but there's still a lot even in the same province who haven't met. Um, but also once we have those chapters connected, we can connect people in Nova Scotia with folks in Yukon and vice versa or and, and beyond. Um, and I think that's one thing we lost in COVID. It was really easy to get on a Zoom chat with somebody you knew, mm-hmm. but how do you bring new inspiration into that um, circle? So a lot of it's been around, um, you know, connecting cohorts, connecting mentor mentorship relationships in, in other regions. Um, and I think that a, a need for, for mentorship and for connection is something that's really been in like all areas of the industry, but specifically in women and gender diverse folks, you're, um, you're facing a lot of this of similar feelings, a lot of similar situations that you're coming into or areas of the industry that are more discrepant, like the live sector, um, where it's not, not as necessarily as easy to find people who feel like they connect with you in your own in immediate circle. So I think connecting folks has been a big part of it, building community. Um, in the North, obviously there's, you know, no matter what your, your gender, there's more remote um, concerns and and so that building of community and, and connection is even greater. Um, I think, you know, because we work at, whether you're an artist or industry, we work in an, in, in an area that isn't necessarily a nine to five job in an office with an HR department. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, especially over the last few years, have decided to go out on their own and form their own businesses and be entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. um, training around that entrepreneurial um, skill is, is definitely a big um, request. A lot of um, women, uh, female entrepreneurs I've spoken to have said, look, I'm tired of working for a big company where I don't feel respected or 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 safe in the space. And I want to do it myself. I want to own my creation. I want to own what I'm doing forward. But there's a lot of um, things you lose in doing that that we want to help support, like that you know, financial knowledge that, um, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, like I'm saying, the connection with other industry folks. So um, I think it's relatively similar across the country. Um, but, you know, if you are in Toronto, it's probably a bit easier to connect with folks that are down the street. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you're, we're all we're all trying to push forward in an indus- industry that isn't nine to five, that doesn't have a playbook, right? So yeah. it's, um, you know, it there are a lot of similarities as well. Yeah. Um, you, you've touched on two things that I want to talk about. Uh, I want to come back to the supporting of the live music scene and the live music. Um, but uh, I was hoping you could talk about, um, and I'm not sure because I know you you joined back in August, 
but talk about the entrepreneurship. I mean, talk about that entrepreneur, uh, the incubator, I think it is that, that yeah. you have within the group. Um, I think that's so important when I was reading about that, I thought it was fantastic. Cause can you share some mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, for sure. So this is one program that I did take over when I started, it was running really great. Um, we're doing the third edition right now. Uh, the dates were pushed a little bit back cause of my transition, but, um, mm-hmm. It's, it's running right now. They're just finishing it up this week, actually. And so this year we accepted 20 participants. Usually it's 10, um, but bumping that forward because we had 150 applications this year, roughly mm-hmm. over awesome. like 50 some in the past. So um, almost three times the applications. It's just it's definitely like skyrocketing the number of not just artists or not just the industry, but also artists who are wanting to really look at their careers and, as an entrepreneurial um, avenue and really like hone in those skills around that. So we did bump it to double the audience. We've the feedback I've heard going through the program so far, everyone's getting a lot out of it. And, uh, and a lot of the folks who applied last year and were successful are like, let me know when the applications are open again. So, I mean, this is a big part. We've got, you know, we've got so many folks who want to build their sustainable business, who want to get that off the ground and who are doing really incredible unique projects um this year and again in going through applications i get so inspired by the things i don't even know that are going on that are just like i'm seeing a need in my community whether it's like the trans community or or you know a certain community of of live sector or etc they're like there is a need i'm going to come fill that need we're going to help help them um get those skills that financial awareness the um you know business develop developing your business plan um, marketing, building your brand, et cetera, that are, that are core to setting up that, that framework. And so we're going to offer that again in 2023, um, in the fall and, uh, and continue on and we'll keep it at the higher, the 2020, um, participants. And we've got a few other changes coming down the way. And then we added this year also, uh, mentorship right alongside that. So as they're going through this training, they also have access to a mentor that can help them with the areas that they've identified are of most interest to them. Um, so they've been set up directly with a mentor to fit, to fit what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because I mean, as we, you know, again, during COVID, everything's changed. And as we're talking to particularly young and up and coming artists, you know, they're having to take everything on. And mm-hmm. so I think yeah. that's, that's, uh, you know, a fantastic thing. Um, the fantastic program that you put in place. So, you know, going to the live music thing, I'd love to know more about how you're supporting, um, musicians and, mm-hmm. and your roster in terms of from a live music perspective because it you know we know it's changed some people said it hasn't you know everybody thinks it's come back and some people are saying that really hasn't come back it's still a bigger challenge than than ever um, can you talk a bit about that yeah yeah well and it's uh we haven't we have a lot of a lot more work to do in terms of what what we as as Wim Canada are doing for live artists side um, just simply because, I mean, I've been here since August, so, um, <laughs> we've got certain programs coming, but there's, there's definitely uh, more work to do on the artist side. Um, that said, we're building out international, um, uh, pro- uh, showcase programs. So last week I was in Sweden, we had five artists over there showcasing, um, at a, at a, an event in, uh, Stockholm and just outside of Stockholm with the consulate office. So we'll be continuing that to three or four more markets in the next fiscal year. Um, and we're showcasing six artists alongside our honors program next week. Um, so just trying to like spice it in where we can. Um, and then beyond that, we're, I'm working with the chapters to, to talk to their membership about how, what are the artists looking for and how can we be part of that? I have, um, 
uh, an artist who uh, who works at, on a contract side with me called uh, Tasha the Amazon, just incredible artist out of Toronto. And I feel like for me, her knowledge and insight on the artist side is really going to help us build those artist programs. But this next year is really going to um, show a lot more of uh, of what we can do with with artist side, um, including we're you know we're hoping to. Im- increase this entrepreneur program again and put some pieces specific to artists in there um, as well as some more showcasing and some more programs along with a few partners that have, have indicated they want to do more with artists. And, and so it's uh, it, it, I keep saying I'm limited only by my own personal capacity, but yeah. um, adding, uh, adding some more to the team and, and uh, artists specifically will help us really connect people and, uh, and get more programs within the songwriting scope and, and the live performance. Fantastic. Uh, Greg, we had Story on a few weeks ago, a few episodes oh. ago. Uh, fantastic voice. Uh, wonderful human being. Uh, you you know her, Robert, I, I think. I think I saw her name as, as one of the artists that was... Yeah, she's on our honorary long list. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for next week. And uh, and she's going to be doing an international program with us later in the summer, in the spring oh. as well that uh, will be announced shortly. Yeah. Oh, can you tell us what this international program is about? No, <laughs> it's not announced yet. I need to wait for the partner to announce it first. But uh, but Fair she'll be enough. coming on one of our international trade missions with us. All right. Well, that that's not, that sounds wonderful. But one, I mean, there we we went on a rant about the music industry. Um, and if, if I recall, one of the things that she was talking about is, uh, finding it, Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, finding an appropriate label, uh, or getting the attention of a label, uh, Mm -hmm. because she, like, she literally does everything. She'll make her own. I was thinking of earlier when I brought it up. So yeah. Make her own videos, produce her own album, like literally from soup to nuts, um, everything and anything. Um, and she says, I, I just need a, maybe she didn't say label, but I, I'm thinking she did. I just need a label to support because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind doing everything, but it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of work. Um, we heard it last week from Sky Wallace talking about yeah. signing a six shooter and how that allowed her to stop That's focusing right. on so many things that, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm curious, um, you know, whether you hear specific um things like this from uh, from artists um and i know you've got the mentorship program you've got the um you know this uh, the international programs that you'll take artists on um but how do you how do you sort of tackle some of these very specific mm-hmm. things yeah i mean i think that uh you know there's a lot of i, I can't say as we're tackling it yet um mm. it's definitely something we want to work towards but there's only so much, I mean, we yeah. can, uh, we can take on. Um, but also we work with, uh, you know, the, the industry associations across the country, the um, major events across the country. I mean, they're all focused on putting artists in front of t- potential team members. Right. So, it, you know, from my perspective right now, in terms of capacity, it's like, how do we prepare artists to be in the right space when they engage with those larger programs to, have the right um be be prepared for them so so whether they're you know for our international piece which i can speak to because we're running it right now is is when we have an artist when we're taking artists into a new market 
identifying with them what are they looking for are they looking for a label in that market are they looking for an agent in that market which mm. which are probably two of the most the top ones that artists are looking for when they go in that and and like direct festival buyers and and venue buyers but um you know they're looking for someone to bring their music to that audience to create that that audience for when they get there and without that you're you're absolutely right like like sky said it, you know they're pounding the pavement themselves and they can't focus as much on the artistry yeah and some artists still you know might might have the interest from a manager from an agent from a label and want to do it themselves but um more so than not they want someone in their corner and yeah. so it's really uh you know it, it's it's unfortunate that a lot of you have to get to a certain place where you have the interest of that um agent label etc and what's been really hard coming out of you know i think we're getting back to that in a way uh, post covid but what was really hard during that time is that those all those companies were doing whatever they could to try and sustain the roster they already had and so there wasn't a lot of new signing. There wasn't a lot of new um, talent integration because they didn't have the capacity and they couldn't, they weren't going to take someone on if they physically couldn't book anything for them. Right. So <laughs> I think we're getting to that place now where it's, it's uh, it, it, there's, a, there's more growth. I mean, I look at, you know, my friends at Feldman um, agency and they've brought on so many new staff um, recently because they're, they're getting back there and uh, and they're now like, you know, quite busy. And so this is the time, but, but yes, definitely. I mean, for, you know, we strategically put on six acts on this show next week who are, you know, have some or some of their team in place, but are, so they're ready to, to do greater work, but they also have need, have wants, have more to build. And so we're, we have this beautiful audience of, you know, two, 250 um, industry in the room. We're going to put them on the stage in front of them and, and work to see what happens of that. So, I mean, this is our, our starting place. It's certainly not our end. We've, you know, our chapters are looking towards showcases as well and working with them across the country to try and get more, more and more of this. Um, but that's really it. And, uh, you know, and similar to when I go into an international event, like I said, last week, Sweden, we had before anyone played the festival, we had a day at the, at the Canadian consulate where we connected artists with industry in the market for for one on one meetings so they could chat with each other, see if there was a good fit, get them out to their show. And so it's, you know, building from what I was doing prior with Breakout West Festival and with the Western Canadian Music Alliance, the goal is always to connect those artists with the industry they're looking for. Because without a team, there's mm -hmm. only so far right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to crap on like self-management because some man some artists yeah. do it very, very well. Um, but uh, but they don't always want to. Um I was up in in Yellowknife uh, back in September, for example. I met with a, a number of women in music up there, um, and there were a few of them saying, I, "I really want more skills in financial management," for example. Um, and then there were just as many saying, "I know I need that, but I personally don't want it. I want someone else to do it for me, and I want the capacity uh. to hire that person." And I'm like, "Fair." Um, so how do we train someone in your community to do that so that you're not having to to source it out um, beyond beyond your circle? So, um, you know, there's it's it's a it's a bill, big hill we're climbing, but we're certainly getting there. Wow. That's great. That's great. Um, so at the risk of exposing myself as a as a lazy researcher, uh, no. I, I reached out to a good we friend. We found Lauren. that out three years ago, Greg. 
Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I reached out to a good friend, Lori Januska, who's director of programming over at Women in Film and Television. Mm-hmm. And I said, we were, you know, getting together with you today to have a conversation. I said, you know, what questions should I ask? Send me a whole list of questions. Oh, but, no. <laughs> uh, with the time, no, no, but with the time that we have, I, 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 I think two of the questions is a great way as we sort of come to the end of our discussion, uh, of our chat. Um, she wanted to know, you know, what's your biggest challenge right now? And what's been your most pleasant surprise as you've taken over? Okay. Um, biggest challenge is easy. Uh, it's time, um, time and funding. Um, this mm. is the first time this organization has been funded to have a full-time executive director. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and so we've been cast with get up to speed with the national, with the national head chapter in, in New York. Um, and I have list upon list of suggestions, requests from artists and industry who want who need support for different things, who have program ideas that are just brilliant. Um, but there's only so much time that I personally have. So um, so my challenge is is time and and, and funding to uh, to get those programs off the ground and to get more support where we can to, to make those things happen. Um, and, uh, and sorry, the other was what I'm most pleasantly surprised about. Yeah, yeah you're pleasantly um, surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I love every meeting I have and every conversation I have. I'm pleasantly surprised by the optimism of this, uh, of moving things forward with this organization and everyone's excitement around the potential. Um, I have, you know, just as many people offering what we need as offering help. Um, again, it comes back to the time thing, but, um, but I'm really, you know, I'm really excited around the interest and I'm, I'm also really excited around the number of, um, of partners on the, on the corporate side who are really keen to support equity and Mm. to support what we're doing and to see what they can do more. Um, and that's evident with, you know, the incredible partners we have on the event next week. Um, as well as others we're, we're moving forward with as well right now um, for other pieces coming down the road. So, um, you know, to to reach out and have a sponsorship conversation with a brand new partner who's never been part of our organization and partway through the meeting, they're like, what can we do? What do you need? Um, I, I love that they're all they're all paying attention to the fact that this is going to make that focusing on equity, diversity and inclusion is really going to make such a great change from every level of the industry and every person in it. So um, that to me is, uh, I, I don't know if I would say pleasant surprise, but, but definitely positive um, and, uh, and exciting. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Robin, we wish you and your organization, nothing but the best. Um, you. And, you know, if, if, consider us friends of the organization, if there are, uh, artists that come to you or come to your organization saying, I need to, I want to get on a podcast. Uh, I need to prep myself before I get my big shot with George Strombolopoulos or <laughs> on, uh, on, on top with Tom power on Q with a couple of hacks. Yeah. Send, send them, send them to us. Uh, we'll, we'll give them training on, on this, uh, on this podcast. Um, but all the best to you, Robin. Thank you very much. <laughs>